Welcome to episode 155 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Welcome back to another episode. Um, I am going to share a resource today that I would like to call my, I feel like every speech therapist needs to have a couple of an I can't even uh, resources where it's like, I just, I can't even think about what we're going to do today. I'm It's at the end of the year. I can't plan another activity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you have those go-tos of an I can't even, which I'm borrowing from um, a feeding kids Instagram that I follow Mm -hmm. called feeding littles where they have, I can't even meals where it's things like it's still nutritious, but it's just, you know, a bagged salad and mac and cheese and (laughs) chicken nuggets. So this is, this -hmm. would be the speech therapist equivalent of an, I can't even meal. (laughs) And for Mm -hmm. me, and I know I've shared it before, but I'm hoping if I keep sharing it and more people buy it and get interested, this uh, creator will make more of these. Um, but it is a boom card series that is a story called The Ride. And I think it's on, if you look up speech and language stories is where you will find it. Um, so she has written a now seven chapter book mm-hmm. that um, goes through each chapter of a story of three teenagers um, that are siblings going on a ride across the country on the Trans-America Trail. So mm-hmm. each chapter has the great story, and I think it's really engaging, but then it also has like just about every language goal that you could think of as a target that's right after it. So um, we've had the creator on the podcast in one of the early episodes, and I couldn't remember her name and find it before we started, but it's one that um, I'm hoping if people buy it more, the first chapter's free if you want to look on Boom Cards and get that to get a taste of what it was, it's like. But it's been so helpful for my students, and it's um, I kind of use it at the end of every school year because I feel like it's just this great wrap-up of, here's all of the strategies that we've learned. Now I want you to see how they work in like something that's more meaningful, something that's like a reading that you want to do and how we can put all of those strategies in so you understand what's going on in this reading and you can tell someone else about the story that we read and all of those cool things. That's awesome. And and I like it that it's teenagers because we don't often find a lot of the materials for those older kids. Yep. Yeah, it's and um, I even tied in uh, there's some websites where you can do like um, virtual field trips. So Mm -hmm. I've found some virtual field trips that tie into some of the sites that they saw in the story if you want some like nonfiction things to go along with it, too. So every May, that's what I'm doing is reading the bike story, the ride story with all of my students. I I think that's great. And the more you do it, the more familiar you are and the more you can add to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think and that's awesome. So who do we have on the podcast today? I think someone special who's doing some neat work. Yes. Um, Catherine Noyce. And she has a practice where she's actually uh, combining and or integrating uh, mindfulness and yoga into her speech language pathology practice and telepractice. And she's working mostly with adults. So uh, she has a a lot to share. Hi, it's Todd Houston. 
I'm a co-host of Telepractice Today with my dear friend, Kim Allen. And I just wanted to take a moment and ask you a favor. You see, we at the 3C Digital Media Network, yes, and I am also the CEO of 3C, as we call it, we need you. We need you to maybe develop a webinar that we could distribute for you. Or maybe it's a course that you have in mind that you'd like to share your knowledge and skills. We would want to do that with you. We can help you distribute, produce, and distribute all of those things. We have blogs that you could do. Maybe you want to start in this whole wild world of online publishing and online media and you want to start with a blog, we would be very happy to host that blog on our website. So if you have some ideas about blogging or a webinar or maybe a course that you'd like to offer, or maybe you have an idea for a totally new podcast, you may not know this, but we actually produce five podcasts and it's growing. And so, who knows? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. We would love to talk to you. In fact, I would love to talk to you. I would love to showcase what you're doing, your knowledge and skills, no matter what it might look like. Course, webinar, podcast, blog, doesn't really matter. You can reach out to me at Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com. That's T-O-D-D at the number 3, 3C, C as in cat, digitalmedianetwork.com. And I will be in touch. Thank you for considering this. And we'll talk soon. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Can you share more about your background? Yes, thank you so much for having me. So I'm Catherine Noyce. I'm a speech and language pathologist in Maine. And I came into the field um, a little bit after college. In college, I majored in both neuroscience and Spanish. So seemingly different majors, but <laughs> My senior year, I did a neuroscience research project on language learning, and I had the opportunity in college to take a course on the neuroscience of language. So I was always sort of interested um, in that, although never considered the field of speech language pathology at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and after college, I first had a job in uh, sales with educational tours, kind of following more my interest in Spanish. Then I shifted back and worked at Mass General and clinical research and realized I really enjoyed healthcare and had the opportunity while I was there to take the intro to communication sciences and disorders course at Mass General. And I really liked it and ended up um, applying and did go to the Institute of Health Professions in Boston. Um, so that's how I got into the field of speech-language pathology. And your career, once you graduated, talk a little bit about 
that and how you ended up sort of going towards the uh, adult population? Yeah, I again, I think my background in healthcare, uh, I had worked with adults. I also had the opportunity to do clinical placements in outpatient neuro rehab. And I really liked how functional, how meaningful the work was that we were doing, that I was meeting people, having these conversations and seeing, okay, how was your life before and what's different now? What are your goals? So I really enjoyed that as a student and was lucky enough to get a clinical fellowship actually at a private practice um, that had PTOT and speech, um, outpatient neuro rehab. So I did that for a little while and then moved to Maine. And I could not actually, at the time, I, I wasn't finding an outpatient neuro rehab job, but I found a job in inpatient neuro rehab. So I moved to Maine and worked a full year in um, inpatient neuro rehab full time. And then I was still kind of looking to see if I could find outpatient. I enjoyed inpatient, but what I tended to find, well, number one, there's a lot more emphasis on dysphagia, which just personally right. isn't as much of a clinical interest of mine. I'm much more interested in cognitive communication. But then also, unless someone had like a frank, severe aphasia, the people that I was working with in the hospital often were really motivated and focused on physical therapy. And that was often the bar for them to get home. And the emphasis is on that, right? So we certainly have an important role in that setting with helping to remember safety strategies and orientation and memory. But I just... I just kept thinking about my experience in outpatient and the people who went back and then they realize, you know, they're not just in a hospital room every day. Oh, now I'm going back to work and I'm noticing differences or I'm trying to get back to school or it's hard for me to communicate effectively with my family and friends. Yeah. Um, that more of that functional focus. That's yeah. That was my perspective. Yeah. And so I was lucky enough. I found an outpatient neuro rehab job that I switched to and stayed per diem at the rehab hospital. Um, did that until I had my son and then I needed something a little bit more flexible. And that's where I ended up actually shifting to working in the schools part time for five years during which time the pandemic hit. Mm. And so I was working in the schools in March of 2020. And so I was among those who instantly had to pivot. Like, you know, we were there on Thursday and then over the weekend, we're told we're not coming back. We had, mm -hmm. I think. It was the spring break that lasted forever. <laughs> exactly. And we had, we were told that we had we had to continue services. Our district decided that we were going to offer services remotely right away. And I, we had two days to prepare. I remember they let us come in on Monday. And then Tuesday, I think we watched some webinars. And then <laughs> Wednesday, yeah. that was it. <laughs> yes. So um, that was how that was my crash course in telepractice. So it was with mm -hmm. um, children, actually. And I did work more so with um, high school age kiddos. Um, versus, I did do a little bit with younger, but more the older students at the time. So yeah, I did that for a while. And then 
Yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm going off on this long story. Oh, no, you're good. That's fine. Good. Yeah, it's um, great. But one one benefit, of course, of working in the schools is I had the summer off. Um, mm-hmm. I had, meanwhile, since having my son started my own personal yoga practice and really noticed the benefits on my mind my and my body, I was in a surprising way. I am someone who will tell you like, it's hard for me to touch my toes. And I have an old wrist injury. And I had gone to in, when I lived in Boston, just a public yoga class once and just did not feel mm-hmm. welcome. I didn't feel like I could keep up. So I had never really been that interested. But I took a prenatal uh, yoga class when I was pregnant with my son and continued and just felt like this was such a great tool for me. And when I had, Mm -hmm. so going back to when I had the summer off one summer, love your brain, which I'm not sure if either of you have heard Mm -hmm. of that organization, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. were offering a um, yoga program for people with brain injury in the Portland area. And I reached out and was able to participate in that program. And then I saw the evidence and that real time benefit that people could get from practicing yoga. And then when the pandemic hit and I was working from home, I had the opportunity to do a yoga teacher training. And I figured I'm just going to add this to my tool belt, right? As a speech, it's just another thing that can support my, um, my clients. And then eventually I started thinking about, all right, I think I want to start a private practice go and do my own thing. I've tried a lot of settings. I really like this outpatient idea, um, helping people do what they want to do and what's meaningful to them. I think I, you know, know enough. I want to do it my way. And I, through my practice or my experience in the schools, I've come to really figure out how to do this telepractice thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so after a lot of planning launched this practice, which, the idea is to help people improve communication and cognition and mind-body wellness. So using mindfulness and yoga as just one of the tools to support that, but also, you know, very much, you know, that neuro rehab approach mm-hmm. for folks as well. So, so that's a secure oh, the, the winding road that goes that's through. Great. Yeah. 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 And it is, um, I feel like it is like we bounce around different settings and we take something from everything and then put it in our tool belt. So I liked how you described that. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to just back up for just a moment because I think, um, I think people have maybe, um, different ideas of what yoga is and mindfulness as well. So would you mind from your perspective, what, how would you define both? Okay. So I'll start with mindfulness because I feel like that is something that probably is the easier thing for an SLP to perhaps start to integrate into their practice. So mindfulness is this idea that you are noticing and having awareness in the moment without judgment. So I am right now, I'm talking to you. I maybe am noticing I could take a minute and feel my feet on the floor. Um, I'm not worrying about 
what I have to cook for dinner after this or rather like hoping is my husband actually getting dinner ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you're, you're in the moment. And I think that's, I find that so relevant with the people that I support, especially with brain injury, because I used to start by talking about attention as the foundation for all your cognitive communication skills, right? You have to be paying attention. If you want to remember something, you have to Paying attention if you want to organize yourself. And I think awareness is even maybe a first step too. just being aware. I I had a session with the client today where we were talking about some strategies to support him at work and different things that he could maybe try. And ultimately, we talked about, all right, so over the next week, notice, like, try this this one way we t- we came up with one possible solution maybe try it and then notice how it goes or mm-hmm. you know so i think that's one way that i think mindfulness can be integrated and i think we talk about that sometimes that metacognition idea like thinking mm-hmm. about how you're thinking but mm-hmm. mindfulness integrates the idea of not judging yourself so it's not good it's not bad it's not easy to do that without judgment a lot of the time mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, having that um, self-compassion too, I think is a big part of that. Yeah. And that acceptance too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. uh, I had one teacher while I was doing my yoga teacher training and she led us through a meditation where the kind of phrase that you repeated and thought about is right now it's like this. It was just as simple as that, (laughs) just to kind of take yourself to be like, okay, I'm noticing that I feel like this. I'm noticing. Mm -hmm. So that's mindfulness. Um, And then yoga is a practice that even though we, I think a lot of us equate it to the stretchy people that you see on social media, Mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't even have, there's, there's lots of components to a yoga practice. It's not the physical practice. They call it asana. And that's just one piece of it. There's breathing, Mm -hmm. there's the mindfulness, there's, there's a lot to it. Um, Mm -hmm. I really like the breathing component. Um, Again, I think the more I'm peeling back layers with these neurological communication disorders, I think a lot of times People are dysregulated and even just taking a few moments to stop and breathe so that your body and your mind is ready to use the strategies is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, again, that I ended up, so I got to participate in the Love Your Brain program and then I did one of their trainings. So they have, they offer trainings for um, health professionals, healthcare professionals and yoga teachers, and it's evidence-based and they teach adaptive yoga so that you can actually do the movements and some meditation and breathing with, with folks. Yeah. I like how you talked about that. There's other aspects of yoga. Cause I think, you know, when people say, Oh, I use yoga in my speech therapy, we picture like someone rolling out the mat and they're <laughs> there with their students or with their adults, like telling them to do yoga. And the, the, is that, is that what it looks like sometimes for you or what, what does it usually look like of how you incorporate it? Yeah. I mean, I have, I, like I said, I have some experience working in the schools and I have, um, I do know some SLPs do that and maybe like co-treat with an OT perhaps yep. or PT. Mm-hmm. Um, 
For me, what I have found, again, I like to think of it as a tool, just like a memory notebook is a tool. Uh, mm-hmm. The internet is a tool. Yoga and mindfulness is a tool. And so I think what, and I'm trying to also make sure that I'm providing like quote speech therapy and making like if I'm doing some frank like chair yoga with someone, that's typically I call that a that would be a yoga session. Um, mm-hmm. But I think more often what I would do with someone in a session is especially if they come and they're really stressed or I have folks who had got their brain injury related to trauma. And so mm-hmm. just getting them to a place where they're ready for our session, maybe we do the the take five um, breathing strategy, which I can certainly share with you guys. Um, Or just, yeah, I think that's, that's easier to actually integrate into a speech therapy session more. So I'll offer like, if you want, we can do yoga in addition to our speech therapy. Mm, Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking too, like with kids, it'd be a great way to, I have some kids I was talking about um, that, come at the end their kindergarten full day kindergarten come at the end of their kindergarten day (laughs) and that's when I get them when they've had to make those little bodies sit and stay still all day and then they send them to me and so I've done things like okay you don't have to sit in your chair I just got to see your face and but you know we a lot of our kids have like following direction goals and things like that and that that would be a good way to incorporate like some of that you need to move your body anyways, and we need to work on following directions. Yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing about yoga too, if you've ever, you know, been to a yoga class or a couple, you realize they kind of build on each other. We right. like within one class, you start with a more simple movement, and then maybe you do a like a first level simple sequence, and then you do a similar sequence, but you're building on it. And if you Mm -hmm. go a couple different classes, you realize, oh, there's this repetition, which I think is helpful both for kids or for adults. And adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the big thing is just emphasizing that yoga can be accessible to anyone. And there's another resource, Accessible Yoga um, with Hevena Heyman, and he has a really great program where he, and you can follow him on Instagram. He's got a website. He does trainings um, about how you you can make yoga look like anything. And you're thinking about, well, what's, what am I trying to get out of this practice? And then make that adaptable for whoever the child or adult, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the take five. Yes. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, and I do think I first learned this one from love your brain. And the reason I love it is because it's pretty quick. Um, all you need is your hand, which we usually, um, you know, have right there. And so it's something I teach clients sometimes, and it's something I've used myself. So the idea is to guide yourself through taking five deep breath. So if you can take one deep breath, that's great. You can, you often hear like, take three. Awesome. Five. That sounds great. So with five, what you do is you can hold your hand up. So I'm holding my hand up in front of me and actually, you know, you can have it down by your side if you want to do it discreetly. And then, so I'm holding up my left hand with my fingers spread wide and I'll take my right pointer finger and I point to the outside of my thumb knuckle. And as I go up my thumb, I inhale in. 
And then as I go down, I exhale. And then as I go up the pointer finger, I inhale in. And then as I go down, I'm exhaling. And so you go over the five fingers. And by the time you're done, you've taken five deep breaths. And that deep breathing really does start to calm your body. It it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's like a nice little reset. I feel resetted. I know. (laughs) And I feel like you must have been on a podcast before because you did such a good job in verbally describing that. I don't know that I've described it on a podcast, but I do enjoy listening to podcasts. And, you know, whenever they start describing something you can't see, it's. Yep. So I'm trying. I hope that that was. Cued into that. No, I think that was was good. Yeah, it's perfect. So what have you found? Uh, in working with adults in telepractice, what have you found as, you know, some of the more challenging issues that come up or uh, some of the more successful kinds of things? Uh, so what's, what strategies do you might, would you might have in terms of working with adults that we could maybe relay to our listeners? So I really enjoy working with adults. I know that there can be this idea that perhaps older adults would have trouble accessing the technology. And I have not, for the most part, found that to be a barrier. I really think that people were forced to become pretty savvy with using Zoom, or I actually use Mm -hmm. Google Meet. Um, And so Sometimes they might need a little extra help getting set up. And frankly, anyone of any age might need that in the very beginning. And I I offer consultations to folks in part so that they can see what the telepractice might look like and they can have a Mm -hmm. trial run. And I mean, I once had someone reach out and they were like, oh, I don't even have an email address. So kind of (laughs) like, well, you're going to need that so I can send you the link. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's helpful. Um, and then I'm as a cognitive and communication focused speech pathologist, so much of what I do is the conversation. And so we're, we're really just like being able to see each other face to face is a Mm -hmm. lot of what we do. And then you know, thinking about having like visual aids when I'm talking about things, I have Google workspace or work, mm-hmm. workplace, whatever. Um, and so I will pull up a slide that I'd created. Mm-hmm. I'll pull up a shared Google doc that mm-hmm. I can take notes on, or we can both take notes on. I had, I don't have either of you used Jamboard at all in mm-hmm. Google. Yeah. That's something I use more with the high schoolers and it was very successful. And I, that is something I've pulled away from because sometimes just like the adding that couple extra clicks to get into the jam board and knowing how to use the tools that I I do want to make sure people feel like they can handle, like the technology is not a barrier. I want them to feel like the technology is facilitating, you know, and it's, yeah, I, and frankly, maybe they even forget. I had one client that when we were wrapping up and I asked, okay, so what did you end up thinking of teletherapy? And he said, honestly, 
it's like I would forget that we were on the computer. <laughs> Sometimes before our sessions, I expected to see your car pull in at the driveway because <laughs> it felt like I was there right. um, mm-hmm. in his home. So I thought that was really cool um, feedback. So, yeah, I mean, I can pull up if we're working on reading, I can pull up news articles, I can and pull up anything relevant to that person, Bible verses, um, AA readings, whatever it may be. So I think that works really well. The one thing that I'm finding is a little trickier is the handwriting piece. Um, and, and again, I, I know that, you know, we can set up document cameras and all of that. So, but, but I want to keep it simple. So I often, right. when possible, I'm doing typing with folks. So that's a challenge. I also think, again, I'm not as clinically interested in swallowing, but I do think more than being able to tell someone some strategies, I sort of don't feel as comfortable doing that over telepractice. Um, but yeah. I, and you're not alone in that. I think, I think it has a, you know, a good tool as far as like coaching someone else to maybe use some strategies. But I feel like with swallowing, I would be really scared to not have someone else in the room with the, mm-hmm. with the patient or the client in that situation. So I, I, you're not alone there. Yeah. And it truly is. It really isn't one of my interests as much either. And especially now that I've made this deci- decision to go into private practice, I'm trying to really, yeah. Like now you can pick, it. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And so that people, when they come to see me and they've got a communication and cognitive disorder, mm-hmm. they know that's what I'm most interested in. It's what I specialize in. And there's plenty of people who can help with their swallow. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm old enough to remember when we called it dysphagia instead of dysphagia. <laughs> <clears throat> Way back in the day. Um, so... I think it's time for the most important aspect of our our time together, and that is our moment of Zen. Let's do it. Are you familiar <laughs> with our moment of Zen? I have heard it on some of your I've listened okay. to a few episodes and I've heard it on some of them. <laughs> yep. So I'm one of the lucky ones. Huh? You're, You're one, one of the, the lucky, lucky ones. ones. <laughs> yes. So, Catherine, would you choose from a list? We have three lists, A, B, and C. You can choose whichever list you want. And these are questions that we will ask just to get to know you a little bit better. Let's do A. List A. Okay. All right. Here we go. What's the most used app on your phone? (sighs) Probably, unfortunately, Instagram. I thought you were going to say something like, you know, calm or, <laughs> but you well, have all the strategies um, for that. You don't need a phone for that. It's funny. I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if they'll ask about the apps because again, I tend to, I tend to do things that are super easy in the moment. Mm-hmm. I, like it's the, the breathing, it's the, just noticing like the five senses scanning, it's the taking five and yeah, there's apps out there. Um, but I like the ones that you can just really quickly do in the moment. Yeah. That's great. Um, Next question is, what's the last TV show or movie that you streamed? I recently um, finished Jury Duty. Have either of you seen that one? Uh, My son has been watching it. (laughs) I haven't watched it yet. 
It was someone described it as a, it was almost like a real life Truman show. Yeah. 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 It was it was very entertaining. I would yep. recommend it. Yep. Good. Good. Um, what's a favorite book? I love reading. I'm kind of one of those people that whatever I'm reading in the moment is my favorite book. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started The Marriage Portrait. I read the last thing he did. Actually, that one, I wasn't, I wouldn't call that one of my favorites. I mean, I really like where the crawdads sing. That was a good mm-hmm. one, a good one recently. Um, oh, there's too many. I love, I love reading. Right. <laughs> um, if you could choose one law or behavior that everyone had to do, what would it be? Oh, I mean, do we want to get into... I don't want to get too political here. <laughs> we're we're not. If you listen to last episode, we're not afraid of that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I yeah, want I to say so. like, let's talk about some uh, automatic rifles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you want to be lighter, I just told my husband um, the other day we were driving, and I said, you know what? If I'm ever elected. <laughs> The governor, I'm going to make everyone in Maine take a driver's test like every 10 <laughs> years. He said, you'll never get elected. I said, well, I don't know. But I just think you know, see people with their cell phones. And mm-hmm. anyway, so there, there's a lighter one for you. Yeah. So your law would be <laughs> taking a test every drive. 10 years, learning how to drive. <laughs> okay. Only, only getting on the road if you know how to drive. Yeah. Next question is, uh, who would you like to have dinner with, dead or alive? I'm going to say, I'm going to say my grandmother, because she, she actually did um, just recently pass away. I'm going to her celebration of life out in California mm-hmm. um, very soon. So I'm thinking of her a lot, and to be able to actually talk to her again would be really special. Oh, that's nice. Um, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? And this excluding driving in Maine. Um, <laughs> you can define scary in any way that you'd like. Um, giving birth. That's a common answer, actually. That is a good yeah. answer to this. It comes giving up. Giving birth yes. just having children in general. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Okay. They still terrify me. Mine are grown. <laughs> um, where is the most exotic or farthest place you've been? Um, Argentina. Ooh. That's mm-hmm. nice. I got to go on a trip to Argentina um, with my now husband. Um, we did Buenos Aires and mm-hmm. we did Iguazu and uh, just traveled around a bit. It was great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, for one, I'm, I'm, I want to do more uh, travel in South America. Some, there's something calling me there. I don't know what it is, but I just, it's one of my personal goals. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Next question is, if you didn't choose your current profession, what would you like to try? Uh, hmm, good question. Maybe a like a zoologist or a marine biologist, like 
getting to be outside and studying dolphins or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be something totally different. I feel totally, like. totally yeah, that's, different. That's like way opposite. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, yeah. Saw some, I saw something that was talking about like millennials and um, Gen Xers and why we all thought it wanted to be a uh, marine biologist. <laughs> and it had one of the um, Lisa Frank, like, binders that had the dolphins on it and it was like uh, this was why this is what we pictured when we thought of being a marine biologist yep, so totally. I'm, I'm in that category too I think that was on the list at some point yes yes I know the days where I like we all have them the days where you're like oh I wasn't a speech therapist like my mind really it like goes totally like should I have been different directions on the radio should I have like worked at an art museum? Should I have step, kept playing clarinet and like been in a bit like orchestra? It I really go all over yeah. the place. But here I am. I'm still an SLP. <laughs> Run for governor. I mean, you know, politicians. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. No. <laughs> um, next question is what's a pet peeve that you have? Um, people who chew their gum with their mouth mm. open and I can hear them chewing when they like snap their gum and especially Ooh. if they're on television, they should know better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Television or just like sitting yeah. next to me. Remember yeah. back in like grad school, people chewing gum and, or in workplaces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be truly annoying. So last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you enter the pearly gates? Welcome. Your family is right over there. Awesome. Great. Maybe, maybe most family members will be there. <laughs> Hopefully, your loved, yeah, your loved ones. I'm not. Yeah, yes. I guess I would hate to say that I, you know, I don't want to imply that people are passing away, but you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I just, I hope that I can reconnect with loved ones. Somehow. Yes. Yes. So, Catherine, how do people reach out and and get in touch with you? And we didn't even mention the name of your practice, so you can throw that out too. Yeah, my practice is called Lotus Speech and Wellness. Um, I'm in Maine, and you can check out my website. It's lotusslp.com. I'm also on Instagram, as I mentioned, um, and that is at lotus underscore SLP, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And also I'm on Facebook and you can contact me through my website. All my contact information is on there. And yeah, I, I love one of the things that I found about private practice and probably telepractice to, to some extent facilitated this is I think a concern was feeling like I would feel more isolated going out on mm -hmm. my own. And I, it's been the opposite. Right. I feel so connected. I have this awareness of my field that I didn't have. I have colleagues who are interested in similar things as me um, all over like, mm -hmm. like North America. Yeah. Um, and so I really love connecting with people and bouncing ideas off people. Um, so people yeah. are welcome to reach out. You have to be more intentional, I think, about building those colleagues that they're mm -hmm. not just the person down the hall. But I think the result can be, you know, more of those like deep, meaningful people that are all interested in the same thing. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, Catherine, thank you for joining us and uh, best of luck with everything you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that was Catherine Noyce from Lotus Speech and Wellness. You can check her out over at lotusslp.com. She's doing some really great stuff incorporating mindfulness into her therapy. I think it's a great idea. And boy, in this world, we can all use a little more mindfulness. And just wanted to remind everyone that the public health emergency around COVID is expiring. What does that mean for us, SLPs and other allied health professionals doing telepractice? Well, it means we need to double check to make sure that we can actually bill for those services. Uh, some of those safeguards and, and policies that were in place during COVID may be coming to an end. Many of them are in different bills going through Congress, and hopefully at some point, we'll be able to see those bills get passed. And and with those bills being passed, some of the uh, insurance billing that we have been doing will be preserved. Um, so don't um, risk your practices without digging deeper and understanding what you can do and what you can't. So check with your state board of uh, speech language pathology and audiology or whatever state board that you are associated with, and make sure that you are very aware of how things are going. And with that, we'll see you next week for another episode. Until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. Mm-hmm.